0: Internet Radio Show, making a world a better
1: place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on
0: the air. Take it away, Dad.
1: All right, welcome to the George Water Jr. Show on Black Talk Radio. uh, I was off for a few days because I was feeling under the weather, like so many other Americans are. And uh, I'm still under the radio, uh, under the uh, under weather. I'm not under the radio. I'm under the under weather a little bit. But uh, if I didn't think I can do the show today, I wouldn't have. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, let's get right on to the news. It's some breaking news in the city of Chicago. I, if I sound nasaled, if my voice sounds nasaled, it probably is. So you know, it's it's it's, it's going around, I guess. I, anyway. Uh, Chicago police commander Paul Bauer, like Jack Bauer, but Paul Bauer, this guy was fatally shot at the Jim Thompson Center today before I uh, came, on air, came on the air. He was a police officer. Uh, uh, his name is um, Paul Bauer, 53 years old, and they're still talking about it uh, right now. And it's like something that the police are, 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 are celebrating his life. Uh, just moments after he, you know, was shot and killed by some thug. Okay, okay. Um, he's 53 years old. He was of the 18th district and was f- shot fatally while he was assisting a tactical team at the state government building, the state of Illinois building, right downtown and right across the street from the city hall building in 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 Chicago. You know, right? I mean, the and it's ironic because the the uh, place, the, the state of the Illinois, the state of Illinois building, I'm still trying to get over this, the state of the the, the Thompson Center, actually it's called the Thompson Center, Jim Thompson Center, he was, Jim Thompson was a former uh, governor, but now we have B- Bruce Rauner. Uh, the Thompson Center, where he was fatally shot by this thug, a senseless shooting as always, um, I do my banking there, yeah, <laughs> the <about to>, whoa. <laughs> Lucky I didn't show up today, right, to take anything out or to put anything in. Um, anyway, it, it's, it's where I bank. Uh, this place is where I bank. And, uh, um, you know, so, and it's closed down. I mean, they had ribbons, uh, crime scene, yellow tape ribbon all around everywhere. It was shedding down streets, blocking off this, courting off this, courting off that. Sounds like one of my novels. Uh, but, but this is real. This is real and uh, after the moments after he was shot, you can see the aerial view of of other police officers uh paramedics uh rushing to the ambulance with the guy on the gurney he hes he was on the gurney all covered up from his foot in white sheets uh covered up from his you know head to toe uh he, obviously he was dead I'm hearing he was shot once in the stomach and once in the head and by the time he was uh gotten to northwestern hospital they tried to revive him he was gone he was totally gone so that's a tragedy and that's what's going on in my city the city that i'm broadcasting the show from uh right now live right now you know but it will not be live later because it'll be podcast but still and all you you'll get the story uh this is one story that i think that should be making the rounds all around america but somehow it didn't make the five o'clock the five thirty. um News for some reason, uh, uh, world news put it that way, it, it made the local news, but it didn't make the international news as I know of yet. But uh, maybe give it some time, maybe it'll sink in. That a cop was, I mean, anytime a cop is shot, it's it's bad. I mean, if it's Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, uh, um, uh anytime a cop is shot like this it, it's bad it's bad i'm hearing that commander bauer he was not even on duty he was in town for a meeting or something and then suddenly he heard on the radio police radio the traffic on the police uh two-way radios that something was amiss and he jumped in to give a hand you know and i'm hearing that he and the bad guy struggled and the bad guy got gotten off at least two shots i, I understand but anyway chicago police officer paul paul bauer fatally shot at the thompson center in chicago the place where i bank at you know i don't have much in there but uh <laughs> pretty sure uh uh it, it's just the fact that that uh, i i do business at, at this place where this officer uh went down and it, it's always a mess uh you know i mean you can have all kind of you can have all the animosity about police officers that you want. I never uh, said anything about police officers or against police officers. Anything, you know, because they do put their lives on the line every day for each and every one of us. Sometimes it feels like they're not doing enough. Then sometimes they may, they may, we may feel like they're doing too much, like this guy, Paul Bauer. He was off duty. He didn't have to jump in and help. He, he could have, he was off duty. He could have just went home and let the other cops handle it. But he was a cop's cop. I mean, if if his fellow uh, police officers are in trouble, whether he's on duty or off duty, he's going to join in to give, uh, to help. And I think if I was a cop and I, I, and I was in this position, I'd probably do the same thing. I would not leave my fellow cops out, out, the, out without a net if I thought that I could, you know, be of some assistance. And there's more about him. He's, he's Caucasian. There's more about him. An off-duty, okay, it says here, an off-duty Chicago police officer commander was shot fatally Tuesday afternoon downtown at the Thompson Center while he was helping other officers who were chasing a suspicious man yeah see he, he as i've said before he did not have to from the all the reports he did not have to help them do anything he could have just went home you know because he was off duty but he decided that he wanted to help out his fellow officers and he he lost his life you know and uh, the chatter over the radio when he decided to jump in and and uh, help out his fellow officers i think the superintendent was saying uh don't get hurt don't don't get injured. Don't get hurt. And suddenly, this happened. Somebody did get hurt. Someone did get hurt. And uh, um, uh, and it's a tragedy. Paul Bauer, commander of the Near North District, also the 18th District, was shot by a man a man at about 2 p.m. while he assisted a central district tactical team. The officers on the team were following a man in a long black coat with a fur collar. They spotted him. They spotted the man near the near Staten Wacker. Excuse me. <clears throat> One officer had radioed, uh, we just wanted to do a street stop on him and he took off on me. Okay. Adding that the man was in the area with a long, with a lot of drug sales and selling and shooting on a Saturday. Barrow, who was in training near the Thompson Center, heard the description of the suspect and confronted him when he was shot. So he confronted the subs- the suspect. I don't know if he was wearing a bulletproof, brand, a bulletproof uh, vest or not. He could have been, I don't know. But I, I, I know when you, as a police officer, you don't confront uh, you don't confront an armed suspect alone. Uh, but still, that doesn't take away the fact that this was a senseless shooting. This was a senseless shooting. And now I'm hearing that, uh, he has a, um, 11-year-old, uh, child. Okay, he was taken to Northwestern Memorial Hospital where, where he was pronounced dead. The shooters... The shooter is in custody. That's one of the greatest things. The guy who did this stupid crap, he's in jail. The shooter is in custody, and the weapon, and the weapon were was recovered. Good. They have the shooter. They have the weapon. Uh, so we'll know more about this this guy who uh, took away one of uh, Chicago's finest uh, probably in uh, next day or so. You know, and I'm pretty sure the politicians that are running for office in and around Chicago, they're going to politicize this. You know, they're going to politicize, try to get votes out of it and stuff like that. But I, I don't think this should be politicized at all. This is a tragedy, and, and the crime in the city of Chicago uh, against cops and against the innocent is uh, out of control. I wonder if the police are I wanted to the, uh, the Police superintendent is still going to say things like crime is down after one of his officers is killed. Will he continue to say crime is down? He probably will. Um, Well, anyway, um, yeah, this is what's going on in Chicago. And and it's lively here. I mean, what I mean when when it's lively, everybody's talking about it. There was a a parade, a a progression of police... Cars, uh, escorting the body of, of this down officer uh, to the morgue. Yeah, to the morgue. And uh, yeah, I guess we, when you're taking a body to the morgue, I guess we uh, know what what that all about. The, he's gonna, it's gonna be an autopsy. But um, yeah, the medical examiner's office is probably there you know so um i guess that's the best place for it instead of taking it to the hospital when he's already dead so they uh he's dead so they you know just uh take him to the morgue not not the hospital but the morgue you know and his family has to um prepare for funeral and burial wow Ah, so that's uh What's going on in the city of Chicago? I'm I'm pretty sure this is gonna have ripples.
0: I'm
1: pretty sure that this is gonna be rippling through the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois for the next few weeks, if not few months, uh, of the devastation and the escalation of blatant street crime. This the shooting happened in broad daylight. The criminals they will uh <clears throat> They don't care uh, who they shoot. Uh, They don't care about their crimes, where they committed, what time of the day. They just commit crimes. Because um, Chicago has another crime, and that is carjackings. I mean, wow. I mean, it's just phenomenal, the, 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 the number of carjackings that occur almost daily. Yeah, almost daily carjackings. So Chicago, like so many other states within America, have a crime problem, and we have what do we have? Uh, an administration that says nothing, uh, mentions nothing about what's going on in America. Uh, it's just awful. Trump and his team—they're—they're they're just dumbstruck by this. They—they they don't care anything about this. They don't care about. Well, it's your city. You take care of it. Yeah, it is our city. We will take care of it. Just you do not meddle in what we do. Yeah, Trump and his uh, Jeff Sessions fool try to um, be bothersome when it comes to police work in the city of Chicago and other cities around America, including New York. And the mayors are just saying, keep the hell out of our business i guess he goes back and sucks his thumb after that <clears throat> anyway once again folks i'm a little bit under the weather i'll probably be studying stuttering see for a while i'm, I'm a little bit under the weather and but i'm trying to do the best i can i started to not do the show today but i don't have a replacement as of now so um, we'll see how it goes okay we have no guests today good That's a good thing because I don't think I can do an interview right now. Okay. Uh, Anything goes free talk commentary on the George Washington show, but we're going to be talking about probably this, this, uh, this thing, this killing, this senseless Chicago killing and uh, police officers are in uh, harm's way all over this place. They're in harm's way all over the place. And, uh, My family and myself and other Chicagoans, our thoughts go out to the officer and his family. Okay. Okay, Bauer um, um, is the first Chicago police police officer shot to death on or off duty since uh, 2011. Slayings of Officer Clifton Lewis. Bauer is among thirteen Chicago police officers shot to death since nineteen ninety eight. Wow. And somehow the police department they haven't got a clue on how to stop a lot of these shootings, a lot of these killings. It's sad to lose a police officer. You know, it's it's really sad. And and I I really, really um I'm really saddened by that. And a lot of Chicagoans are and even people around the world, I mean, you should be saddened by that. Uh but at least they caught the guy. They got him. They got they have the weapon. They got him. And uh I think they should hang him. I, I think he should get the uh the max. Obviously I don't think he should ever be let out of jail and hopefully they know they will not give this dirt bag a bail. You know, so this is just Tragedy, It's just horrified. Right, we're back and <laughs> we're live this time okay all right uh white house train wreck all the cover-up kelly it is so much mess coming out of this white house it's a damn shame but let me say let me talk about the uh upcoming 20 uh, 18 uh, midterms election yeah um there's going to be all kinds of special elections before we actually even get uh, before we even get it to November. There's a lot of uh, state houses around the country that are running um, uh, people <coughs> excuse me but most, uh, and uh, the Democrats are winning yeah the, a lot of these state houses but there is a lot of people on the ballot who are and I don't understand how they get there but anyway. There's a lot of people on these ballots, ballots who are racist, white supremacists, uh, you name it, criminals. You got—they're calling it hate on the ballot, and this is for real. A lot of—I'm th- not going to name names because I want you to be able to vet these people and not vote for these folks. A lot of people are running to get jobs in government, so they be, so they can become paid off and work against everything you and you and I represent and what America represents. Just watch yourself. Just watch who you pull that lever lever for. Watch out who you pull that lever for, because and always. Uh, it, if you're a voter and you know people who vote, you guys get together and talk to one another and spread the word among everyone you know that um, to watch out um, because hate is on the ballot. And, and uh, where some of these guys and girls, and some of the states where these guys and girls are running, The people, the voters of those states, they know this. They know that these uh, uh, people are on the ballot and hopefully they don't have enough sense not to put these jackasses in office. Okay? Because I do think because of the the Trump and his mess in the White House, uh, they will not win. Because uh, it seems like there is a blue wave happening around America. Trump doesn't like it, boy. That... (laughs) You know, like I can see him uh, snorking like a pig because he uh, onking like a pig because he doesn't like what's going on. He doesn't like the Democrats. And he's afraid of the Democrats winning. Because there. Uh, that was a time Trump said, well, he was trying to convince people. Uh, and he's trying to convince people now to vote Republican. He's out there. Vote Republican. He's 20. Vote Republican. Right now. Give me a break. And the more the more he tweets, vote Republican. The more people said they're not going to do that. They're not going to do anything like that. But hate is on the ballot, so you know I can say, do not just go out and just vote for anybody. Do not vote for somebody because they have a nice sounding name. Do not vote for someone because they talk as if they know what they're talking about and they sound good. They have great oratory skills. Do not do that. Bruce Rauner has great oratory skills and he's a scoundrel. So, you know, do your research before you pull the lever for any of these guys. I don't care if it's Republicans, Democrats, just don't go walk inside the um, voting booth and just, Start selecting people down the ballot. that you know nothing about it, you know try to educate yourself because you don't know who you're putting in there. People lie. I mean, people will lie, and and then they'll lie some more. And another thing, there is no doubt from some reports. There is no doubt that there will be Russia meddling in the 2018 midterms election. You don't hear nothing from Trump on that or the Republicans. Because they're hoping that the Russia Russians do meddle so they can keep their jobs and then screw up America some more. You know. So be aware of that. Russia meddling in the 2018 midterms, because from by all reports, it sounds very, very legitimate. And I would probably believe it because they gave us Trump in 2016. So we have to be aware of that. And I think more, most Americans are aware of uh, Russia meddling, will be meddling in the 20, uh, uh, 2018 elections, okay? And people will ask, well, what do we look out for? You, what do you look out for? I think where the Russia meddling is really going to take place is probably Facebook. Facebook. Maybe LinkedIn or some other uh, social network, but primarily it will be Facebook. You have to watch out for deceptive ads, um, videos, or you know deceptive ads. Everything that you read on Facebook, do not take it all verbatim. If you if it doesn't come from if it doesn't come from a reliable source, don't believe it. There's a lot of things I do on Facebook. Well, I hear a lot of things that I like, but that I like. But I don't really share or post a lot of the stuff that I see until I get uh, the reports from a uh, uh, reliable source. Even sometimes those reliable sources can be wrong. They may pick up the news from a, a fake news source. But anyway, uh, Russia meddling in the 2018 midterms election is reality. Don't feel bad, don't get depressed. Just make sure that you are doing the right thing and not to be caught up in it. because Trump and the Republicans they' they're gonna try everything that they can to knock you to knock you off the ballot to try to stop you from voting because they know if you vote, their ass is grass. So be aware of those two things. Hate on the ballot. Uh, people running in, in for these uh, Senate and representatives and some of these state houses around the country. These are bad hombres. <laughs> Excuse me. A lot of them are criminals, racists, white supremacists, liars. I can say criminals again. Excuse me. <laughs> Have to be uh, aware of that. Or we're going to find ourselves, or our country is going to be over, folks. Uh, I don't know if anybody have have heard, but Donald Trump is uh, uh, coming out with his proposed budget, and one of the things is, if I had, not let's see, where what do we do with it? And one of the things is that Trump wants to eliminate food stamps to to the poor, and replace it with box. <laughs> with box with a box of food now i think this this is that's very scary but i don't think it's going to happen you know this it's just a proposal but it's a outlandish and crazy and dumb thing to say people will die on the street hunger i mean when he does things does he think about children does he think about the elderly does does he think about those with disability these people were starved to death. But Trump doesn't care because he wants to cut these programs so he can get money to build a stupid wall. Yeah, th- this is just a proposal. But my point here is that he, he, nobody in their right mind likes Trump, okay? Trump is the most hated man in the universe. And for him to come out with a budget like this, Hurting people more and more and more just so he can give his rich buddies some more money is is terrible. But it's good for Democrats because Democrats are gonna use this in the in the midterms to uh to win the House of Representatives and to win the Senate. Because that's one of the things you don't do. You don't mess with people. Food, you don't mess with their money, you don't mess with their families. And Trump is into got his little bitty hands into everything. He's doing it because yeah, he's doing it because you don't like him. He's doing it because you didn't vote for him. He's doing it because you know that he knows that you don't like him. So he's gonna come back and try to hurt you and reward his friends. That's all it's about. He's he's about to give them another tax cut while starving. Uh, the poor, starving the middle class. Everybody who gets food stamps is not poor. They're not poor. A lot of these folks are working. They have jobs. They're not dirt poor. So Trump is so out of touch, and his goons in the White House are so out of touch. It's it's, it's mind-boggling. You know, so yeah, so th- this guy is... Uh, Talking about uh, starving the hell out of uh, SNAP recipients, and in Pennsylvania, the the uh, governor of Pennsylvania uh, 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 told the Republicans there that they will not be allowed to gerrymander any district. And they're pissed off. Republicans can't win without wanting to cheat. One of the Republicans uh, there said that. Uh, They should be allowed to gerrymander because Democrats shouldn't be allowed to win offices. What a hell of an excuse to wanna cheat. And the the Supreme Court struck it down and now the the mayor of Pennsylvania struck it down. But you think them cheating ass Republicans are gonna go away? This is going to spark a blue tsunami I've said this many times, these people, the Republicans are a criminal enterprise. And that enterprise starts inside of the White House. This is a criminal enterprise. There is no doubt about it. Trump is the mafia boss. And I think it It's totally true that Trump affects everyone around him with corruption. I think that's true. I think that's true. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show on Blog Talk Radio. I'm still a little bit, a little bit under the weather. This is my first day back for this week, and uh, we don't, we do not have a guest on the show today. I didn't book anybody for today, so uh, because I didn't know if I can actually do an interview. uh but it seems like i'm you know whatever anyway uh this is the george Wander during the show on blog talk radio yeah i have the flu what can i say <laughs> but i think it's subsiding now at least i'm hoping it's subsiding i don't i have it but i don't think it's a real severe flu but i can hear people saying well george if you have it even if it's not severe don't uh go to the doctor you know and if I call the doctor and the doctor says, well, George, it's not that severe, so stay home because you, we don't want you to give it to someone else. So it's, it's like a, a double-edged sword. You do you or do, you don't, you know. So I don't think I, we, I mean, um, we do get our flu shots every year. But I don't know what happened. Maybe it wore off or something. Uh, we do get flu shots every year, and I do recommend to anybody to get flu shots. They work people, they do work, okay, uh, but George, you got the flu, it must didn't work, or oh, it worked, it, it, it worked, I, because, I, because I haven't really got that, I, I haven't got that really, really severe flu, okay, uh, where you're coughing, you're throwing up, your throat is scratchy, you sore, your body's aching, you can't move, you know, it, it's a light flu, but you have to take in consideration that it's been a really really cold winter really cold snowy uh winter and you find yourself having to you know go outside to do this do that do that go to work go to school uh run errands grocery shopping you know just shopping in general you have to be out there you know and uh whether you're driving or or on public transportation, you're still still in the elements and you're still subject to uh, uh, getting the flu, especially if you did not have a flu shot. And that's why I always try to stress to people, dress properly. If you're in a, uh, it's 30 or 40, below zero every single day and it gets colder at night. And if you're outside, dress properly. You know, I still see people not dressing properly. You know, sometimes I want to go up to them and say, shake them. go put on a hat, go put on some goddamn clothes. It's cold out here. But. But, you know, that's not going to happen, <laughs> not with me anyway, but uh, because it's true. I mean, if you get the flu, if you get sick. And the, and the flu is a, an epidemic. It's an epidemic, if I can say epidemic. It's an epidemic. I mean, people are dying from the flu. This is a serious thing. So if you get the flu, one of the things you're gonna do, you're gonna take it to school with you, you're gonna take it to work with you, wherever you're going, and then you're gonna affect others around you. That's how it becomes an epidemic. And all because you refuse to dress properly. Because you think you're cute. You have something to show. Uh, That wind is going to tear your butt up. Dress, close up your coat, button up your coat, put on a hat or a hood. Gloves. I've seen people out here um, without any socks on. Gloves. (laughs) They have gloves, but they won't put them on. It's crazy. I've seen senior citizens come out of their Apartments and out of their homes with nothing on their heads. And I'm going, it's cold out here. Where are you? What? But the thing is, I mean, dress properly for the cold. Uh, you may not make it back home. You know, the, this flu, this uh, season for flu is not joking. People dying. Children are dying. It's a serious matter. Dress. Appropriately, And when you're out there, try not to be out there for too long. Because if you're out there for too long, it doesn't matter how much clothes you have on. You're going to freeze. You're going to get cold. So dress properly for the weather until summer gets here. <laughs> Boy, I can, I can just see summer now. We can just imagine summer now. But right now we're in the depths of winter. And I'm hearing that uh, the weather's going to get uh, better down the um, down the road. But anyway, uh, uh, dress for this weather. Weather it's it's not kidding. It's not a joke. Uh, you can die from it. You know. You know. Dress up. Keep yourself warm so you can live and look beautiful for the summer weather. All right, you've been listening to the George Weather Junior Show on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, since this is still, this is still, um, what's this, um, Black History Month, and uh, I just love to do this Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech. you probably heard it a thousand times. I have too, but it's always uplifting, and it's always um, riveting to me. And I'm going to do it again. And uh, it's called uh, I Have a Dream speech, 1963, Martin Luther King. And I'm going to, as always, I'm going to uh, play it in its entirety. Here we go again, folks. Um, celebrating Black History Month, or not week, uh, Black History Month. Here is Martin Luther King once again on the George Wilder Jr. show and his uh, most famous speech ever I Have a Dream. <laughs>
2: this time I have the honor to present to you the moral leader of our nation. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation the Negro still is not free.
0: One hundred years later,
2: the the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity, 100 years later, the, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check when the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to every American was to fall out. This note was a promise that all men—yes, black men as well as white men would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great faults of opportunity of this nation. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summit of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. Nineteen sixty-three is not an end but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence again and again we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force the marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people for many of our white brothers as evidenced by their presence here today have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny they have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back. There are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We can never be satisfied as long as our bodies, heavy with the fatigue of travel, cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the cities. We cannot be satisfied as long as the Negroes' basic mobility is from a smaller ghetto to a larger one. We can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their selfhood and robbed of their dignity by signs stating, for whites only. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. No, no, we are not satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I am not unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities, knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed, let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the crevaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring. And when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day
1: All right, that was Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech. It ended <laughs> a little sooner than I thought. All righty, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, a little dead air there. Not much, I would presume that much. Anyway, um, let me see what's this, what is this here? What are you giving me? Okay, one week into Rob Porter, the Rob Porter song. Everybody knows Rob Porter. He's the guy who uh, Trump took up for. <laughs> after being accused of uh, domestic violence on two wives, two ex-wives, two ex-wives. And uh, Trump sung his praises. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with this man. You know, uh, domestic abuse is a crime. You know, I mean, uh, there's plenty of proof of it. Uh, Police uh, reports. And Trump takes the side of the assaulter. Instead of uh, uh, embracing the victims, he takes the side of the assaulters. And and the White House, it says here that the White House is a train wreck. The White House has been a train wreck ever since Donald Trump took occupancy. And it, it will remain a train wreck. As long as he's there, and folks, you got to remember one thing: the White House belongs to you and me, not Donald Trump. But he thinks he's king. He thinks he's he thinks he's a, a dictator or Hitler wannabe. I, I used to dismiss uh, uh, those claims when I would hear them sparingly, but now I do not. This guy, I don't know. Anyway, the Trump administration continues to derail its story, changing its story, uh, on on how they handled uh, Rob Porter when they found out that he was actually a um, domestic violence abuser. And they even lied on the FBI again. Again. These people can't get their lies straight, but they keep coming out with the lies but they're bent, and usually we uh, find out that they're lies, and Trump keeps on lying. His staff keeps on lying. The people around him keeps on lying. But the American people, we know better. We know better. In these upcoming elections, we're going to wipe all those Republicans out because they're nothing but a criminal enterprise within the United States. Donald Trump once said that the media was the enemy of the American people. Donald Trump has always been the enemy of the American people. That's the enemy. That's the guy we have to watch out for. Not Russia, not Iran, not Korea, but our own Donald Trump. That's a damn shame, but it's true. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Something in my throat here. Uh, White House press secretary, oh, this this woman here is... is is not interesting at all. Okay, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders stalled her press briefing on Tuesday by bringing out Transportation Secretary Elaine uh, Child to tout President Donald Trump's infrastructure proposal. Give me a break. Trump shouldn't be, I wrote this, Trump shouldn't be allowed to implement anything He shouldn't be allowed to pass legislation. He shouldn't be allowed to make policy because he has all of these investigations in his ass. I mean, he shouldn't be allowed to do anything. He shouldn't even be allowed to propose anything. And it's just, but we have a, what, rogue Congress. We have a, a criminal empire in Congress who's protecting him. I mean they they're going through hell and high water to protect a criminal, a con man, a buffoon, a clown, an asshole, who will dump them, who would throw them, excuse me, throw them under the bus at any moment. And the hell with the people who voted for him? We're going to kiss Trump's ass. That's what we're going to do, yeah. The hell with the people who put them in office, the constituency, the voters who voted for them. They're doing everything that they can to kiss Trump's ass. And Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump doesn't give two cents about neither one of them, but they kiss his ass. They kiss his ass. And uh, that's the that's sad thing about this. That's the sad thing about this. But I do know that um, uh, if people get up off their asses, I mean, uh, Ted Cruz said something uh, of Texas, Senator of Texas, Ted Cruz, nobody likes Ted Cruz. But anyway, he said something true, truthful. And I very seldom agree with anything this prick has to say. But he said something. It was reported in the media. And I'm pretty sure it's true because it sounds like it can be true. Anyway, I'm quoting him. He's saying that uh, uh, voters will crawl and walk over broken glass to vote, unquote. He said voters will crawl, walk over broken glass, crawl, or something like that, to vote this uh, uh, November. And I want to say he's right. Not just Broken glass. We are walked through fire to get to the polling place to vote these assholes out. He's right about that. And he and he looked worried. They all should be worried. Should be worried. Should be worried. I think they are worried, but they're just they're afraid of Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is coming up with another budget. That's awful for the people. Just so he can give more money, corporations, his rich buddies, so they will not impeach him. I think that's what's going on. I think that's what he's doing. They're doing the things that he's doing. The thing that he's doing the things. Excuse me. He's doing the things that Paul Ryan wants him to do and Mitch McConnell wants him to do. Uh, you know, uh, cut Social Security, cut Medicaid, so. Uh, 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 food stamps. He's doing all of this stuff, entitlement programs. He's doing all of this stuff uh, for those two, because that's what they want. They want all of that. That's why they're letting him continue to do that, because they want to see poor people suffer. They want to see us die. You know, they they don't want nothing to do with poor people or middle-class people, if it sounds like they they do, they're lying. They're lying. They want Trump in there because Trump is going to uh, be so mercifully uh, awful to the people of the United States because we don't like him. Nobody likes him. Uh, but I do believe there will be a tsunami coming uh, um, uh, a few months from now. Okay, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders stalled her press conference briefest brief briefing press conference briefing on Tuesday. I need my glasses by bringing out uh, Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao to talk President Donald's inf- infrastructure. But what it was supposed to be about infrastructure we had already been preempted and derailed after the White House. Be- begin the week as it often does with a self-inflicted crisis that continues to expand and that's true the white house the white house uh steps on his own foot every time and then they're trying to explain that shit away and it ain't working all right staff secretary i talked about this uh earlier staff secretary bob porter resigned from the white house last wednesday one day after the daily mail And The Intercept reported that he allegedly behaved violently with both of his ex-wives, and one of his ex-wives sported a beauty. I mean, she had a great-looking black eye, and uh, there was no way the White House could get out of that. I'm pretty sure they tried to lie their way out of that. They always do. Okay, day, day after the day, administration. Okay, day after day, administration officials have extended the saga by putting forth conflicting narratives, lying. They can't get their lies straight in the White House about anything. But they keep on lying and providing no clarity on key questions, and from why Porter was allowed to temporary uh, allowed a temporary security clearance to when top officials, especially Chief of Staff John Kelly, learned about Porter's alleged abuse. Give me a break. They knew about this guy. (laughs) They knew about his uh, uh, domestic violence abuse. The FBI just got through saying that on Capitol Hill. They knew about it. And I'm pretty sure that the FBI is tired of Donald Trump and his goons in the White House lying on them lying on them constantly. I would think one of the biggest things in the world would be, uh, excuse me, one of the biggest things in the world no one would want to do is pick a fight with the FBI, the Department of Justice. Donald Trump seems to do it all the time. And it's basically called obstruction of justice. Donald Trump has obstructed justice In plain view, so many times it's not funny. He's guilty of probably money laundering. He's guilty of collusion with Russia. All of this stuff. Because why do I say that? Because we all know that it's in his behavior. It's the way he behaves. He behaves like a guilty person. behaves like someone who just got their hand caught in the cookie jar and trying to ease his way out of it. Something is going to bring Donald Trump down. He cannot, there's no way the Republicans can continue to protect him. They're going to do their best. But something is going to, something, I mean, Donald Trump has got too much on him not to be brought down real soon. I'm hearing indictments are going to be handed down from the Bob Mueller investigation uh, sometime in spring 2018. Okay, that's what I'm hearing and a lot of people are. Uh, whether that's gonna come up come to fruition, I don't know, but I sure hope the hell so you know uh donald Trump I don't think is gonna dance around any of this stuff and get out of it he's got so much he's got so much uh uh on him, and there are people wondering right now is he really rich at all or is he in the red? we don't know any of that is he in the red and is And the money that he does have or should have is being fumbled in from Russia. We don't know any of this. So far, we don't know. But, you know, it's it's good questions or things to think about. Excuse me. (coughs) Wow. Those are things to think about. All right. There's something in my throat, so I'm going to do this. Be right back. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. (laughs) I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, The website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder. Or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, Essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do, and I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There is always more to come. All right, thank you, everybody.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, there's always more to come. Keep listening. Keep listening, and don't forget to visit my uh, uh, Amazon uh, website uh, on uh, on Amazon. You know, we get a lot of stuff. Uh, I got a lot of stuff up there I'm giving away for free, especially for Valentine's Day. Uh, Don't let me forget to say happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, And uh, I have a book that I'm giving away. Well, actually, it's a short story novel. And uh, it's pretty decent. It's a decent number of pages. And uh, um, I try to (laughs) elevate it every Valentine's Day. I think it stands the test of time. It's called Under the Moonlight and it's totally, totally free until the end of the week, until Saturday, okay? So, yeah, it's it's there, it's yours, and there's another one, I think, that's free, uh, called Mary Rest in Peace. It's free. It's all, both of those uh, novels are great, great stories, and uh, I mean, you won't, uh, when, once you get done reading it, it, it'll stick with you for a while until you read it again, so, uh, Under the Moonlight, and Mary Rest in Peace. Those two uh, short stories are free from me, George Wilder Jr., on Amazon.com. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash G. Wilder. All righty, let's move right along if we can. <laughs> 7.14 7, uh, p.m. straight up in the city of Chicago. We are still under the weather, under the weather a little bit, but we're gonna be all right, folks. We're gonna be all right. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you could join me. Um, yeah, we're we're in a uh, we're in some trying times here. There's no doubt about that. And I had a caller call in once, and uh, I guess he heard my spot where I was saying that. Um, um, where I recorded a clip saying that um, we're in some trying times here. I I still have it here. And he was trying to say, what do you mean we're in some trying times? What are you talking about? And I just hung up on him. Uh, You know, I mean, if you can't figure it out, then you don't have no business calling the George Wilder Jr. show. You really don't. Okay. Be right back, folks.
2: They have committed themselves to that over that, but somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly, somewhere I read of the freedom of speech, somewhere I read of the freedom of press, somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest for right. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy. Tonight, I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord.
1: Uh, uh, that's always riveting. I always love listening to Martin, Martin Luther King, and I will be uh, focusing on that particular I have the dream speech throughout the month of uh, black history month. And uh, because I think that's the best part of uh, black history is when King was alive and he was, uh, you know, and uh, in case you, some of you out there don't know who Martin Luther King is or was, was more likely he was, he was a civil rights leader. I mean, he came of age, I believe in the fifties, um, during the Rosa Parks, um, saga where she was told to sit to sit in the sit at the rear of the bus and she refused and and she they called the police on her she went to jail and that's when uh the world uh first heard of martin luther king and i think this was back in 1955 and he was assassinated in um 1968 uh, uh, lorraine hotel balcony he was uh Assassinated. Okay, that's uh, Martin Luther King, and he, he, he's always uh, riveting. I, I I get goosebumps every time I hear him speak. So we'll be doing that on the show uh, uh, every so often throughout um, uh, February because it's um, Black History Month. And I actually I actually think uh, Black History Month month is not celebrated in a way where it used to be. I think something's wrong there. So. All right, you've been listening to The George Wilder Jr. Show on Black Talk Radio. Heaven help
3: the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses. The bombs begin to
0: fall. Never saw. Mm -hmm. Never
3: help the black man if he struggles one more day. Never help the white man if he turns back away. Never help the man who kicks the man who a fall. Never i
1: Getting over, uh, I think, about with the flu. About with the flu. All right, thank, thanks everybody, and thanks for joining me, and thanks for all your wishes, well wishes. Have a great evening. Bye bye. Ten more seconds. Okay, maybe I can get this right. Have a great evening. Great evening, everyone. Have a great evening. The George Wilder Junior Show is off the air. Oh, 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 oh.